YouTube, and also connecting with our Night Moods family on podcast and radio. Around the second half of the radio show that I do here Monday through Friday nights on Blog Talk Radio. And um, we're going to be talking about conversations in Christ. And the key question is how can you live free from bondage? One more spot we got to fill out before we head into the show here. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for subscribing and listening to this episode. I wish I could say this episode was brought to you by someone, but we don't have a sponsor yet. And that's quite okay. I'm going to be using a couple of resources I'm going to be sharing with you as we get back into the show here. That's right. Kindness is a muscle. You want to work it out. I am your chief mood officer. I'm Michael right here inside the lab. It's night moods on the second half of inspiration and empowerment on a subdued Thursday night. And uh, at the bridge, a very powerful, intentional, intensive and intimate relaxation side of the show. And this is Monday through Friday nights. I'm with you uh, for 90 minutes. And then we transition to the podcast. I want you to go to google.com or Firefox or your, any type of your search engines and type in Night Moods HDQ. Um, we're about 20 minutes on the show at the bottom of the hour. Going to be talking to you and with you, having a conversation. Now, I used to host these uh, with one of my elders um, a couple years ago. And we did a, a, a weekly broadcast called Conversations in Christ. It was a hit and because we got to have real conversations in real time. And it helped to uncover a lot of life that's hidden. And the vulnerability conversations that we would have really piqued interest. And we weren't really doing anything other than just having fellowship in front of a camera and so going to have a conversation in Christ and talking to you especially if you are living in bondage and you want to be free I want to make sure that we connect because that's one of my purposes um, that is a mission of mine since 2007 is to see brothers and sisters who are in the kingdom who may have been um, under the rug of religion. I didn't come through religion. I wasn't grown up through religion. I actually, when I give my, my initial encounter of the kingdom, I talk about being arrested by the kingdom of heaven in an assemblies of God church. How does that happen? Well, it happens because that's what the Heavenly Father wanted to happen back in 2007 in November. And I remember it like it happened last November. And so I'm here at the bridge. And the bridge is consequential because I'm going to be talking about the purpose of the bridge. And intertwining the purpose of the bridge to help you how you can learn in real time practically how to live as a person in faith, out of bondage, being delivered, not having to go back and put yourself back in the shackles. Or putting the chains around your hands. Or what is it like to, to be free and, and you're liberated. 
and you are delivered because you've been saved and you're born again and you're filled with the Holy Spirit and then you say but I'm so used to how my life used to be and you it's like being in a muzzle having a chain around your neck I want you kind of to envision this having a chain wrapped around your waist connected to your feet so that you would every time you would walk you'd have to shuffle your feet you couldn't speak let alone it would be hard enough to breathe with a muzzle or a device covering your mouth that's bondage and so what Heavenly Father did to me when he finally arrested me because I was running I was running since 1984 I was a little known Paul I was saved in 1984 didn't understand my salvation didn't understand what the Trinity meant no one in the church could explain to me what I was reading in the scriptures and why Jesus was saying he was going to the Father and he was talking about the Holy Spirit and all the what I saw were inconsistencies in the scriptures I could not get the pastors of the church to help me out so I was playing with with religion and I didn't want to be around Christians I did it because I wanted to I guess I wanted to fit in but then again I didn't want to fit in because I didn't want to do what Christians did I didn't want to speak in uh, tongues I didn't understand that I didn't want to even have anything to do with any of the signs wonders and miracles it was just enough for me back then just to know but to say just to know I have always had this innate experience that he now him who is my Abba father was always with me and it wasn't until the death before my uh, paternal grandmother uh, had died that we had a couple intimate conversations in her home um, and there was the night before she died that she looked at me because she came up from the reservation in Lawton, Oklahoma and uh, I was going through some some serious suicide ideology um, massive and major depression I was actually in a uh, state hospital because I made an attempt on my life a number of attempts but this attempt of the hanging really took me to the edge of the cliff of life so a couple weeks in, in an ICU and then from ICU I was stuck in a state hospital and that's its whole nother level of conversation but for me when she came up and explained to me spiritually because she was a very spiritual woman and I I'm so blessed that I got to have that specific interaction with her because that was the the connecting of all the dots and so I had this innate feeling sensation um, experiences over and over as a young guy a young boy even you know with my younger brother I'm the oldest of three um, the middle one Chris is 10 months younger than me and then Jeffrey's who he's 14 years younger than me but growing up with Chris we would uh, our family mm, middle-class family but we were we were blessed to experience travel and so the innate feeling and understanding and sensation that I could not put a a, a, a thought on I just knew that there was something greater out there and so the experience for me that was connecting the dots to what 
the words of what my grandmother said to me when she came up and I was released from the hospital, um, remanded to guardians um, because the attempt on my life with me hanging in the garage was so enormous um, that I came through the critical care unit um, and then placed in the state hospital. It's now closed for business in northern Illinois. It's called, it was called Singers. But when I came out, she came up um, and we had some things I won't be sharing for obvious reasons. But some of the critical conversation that she had with me spiritually and, and sharing with me what she shared, she looked at me um, and she was sick and I knew that um, her time was coming to an end on earth. And I didn't want her time to come in and she was actually dealing with some health issues, but very strong in faith. And she looked at me and, and uh, in her, her old way, um, Michael, uh, look at me as, as I was leaving because she would always say, um, don't say goodbye, I love you. And I would say, I love you back. And she would say, I love you more. And that was our goodbye. Um, and that's how I said goodbye to her. But when she came up and I was, I was released from the hospital and was coming to visit her and I had my guardian there and she was sharing, you know, she said to me, and I will never forget this, what are the markers in my life? God is going to use you mightily. And I looked at her and said, Mama, no, he's not going to use me mightily. I didn't understand the magnitude by which she was talking. And she said, your experience with this the suicideness, that's how she would say the suicideness, um, you're going to help others because God brought you through. And that was one of the massive markers in my life. And fast forwarding to me saying right now, talking to you, conversations in Christ, having a real experience talking through Christ who saved me in my life time and time again when I was just playing with Christianity in 1984 and dealing with major depression and having cycles and serial suicide attempts on my life. And my wife could share with you, um, she was actually at the high school when I was there. And uh, that's another story there. But these massive markers that are planted in the earth have enabled me to be here. And so when she said those words to me that, you know, I kind of, yeah, grandma, he's not going to do that. He's not using me. And then fast forward into 2007 in November at the Assemblies of God Church on the east side of Rockford over there. I was with a girlfriend and they're doing this date thing, um, praying for all the couples. And I'm like, don't you dare raise your hand. I am not going down there. Because I was, I was an athlete in high school and preparing to go to play football in college. So I was really cool and not too cool to go down and have someone pray over me, let alone I didn't really want to be in the church because we were sitting way at the top of the balcony. So we ran our way down there. Uh, we got to the left side of the platform. The first one over, remember the bishop and his wife, a mixed couple. So I felt I was in good company. And... I watched pastor come with the microphone. I'm like, please do not do what I think you're going to do. But he didn't do what he think he was going to do. He actually passed the mic to the, the elder because he had gestured to him in somehow, some fashion, some form. And gave the mic to the elder. The elder looked at me and 
he he was literally going to pray because I could feel that he was going to do something inspirational. But I was like, please do not do what I think you're going to do. Don't pray for me. So having a real conversation with you because through my life, Jesus has always been there because there's always been a hand on me. I don't know if my grandmother blessed me to be of the Lord. Because my parents had me when they were 17. So all this to say, the markers in my life and having my kingdom arresting that Sunday morning in November in 2007 changed me for everything. So I was arrested by the kingdom. The, the elder looked at me and out of his mouth said, young man, you will no longer be running. God has called you into the ministry. And the first time my grandma said, God's going to use you mightily. The second time was the girlfriend that said, I'm supposed to marry a minister. I looked at her and said, you got the wrong one. We're not going to be together too much longer because I'm definitely not going to be a minister. The third time was at the kingdom, the, the resting of the kingdom. And so that began this journey that has ruined me for anything less. And so I say all that to say that coming and, and growing up and being with as many elders since 2008 when I came back from Nepal, because I literally had to get away and ask my Heavenly Father what on earth is going on because I was feeling changes in me spiritually, naturally. My state of mind was changing. My, my mindset was changing. The way I was seeing things, the way I was speaking was changing, and I did not have the studies of theology. I did not have the studies of, I can read you scripture and quote you scripture like rapid fire. Because remember, I was I didn't want to be around Christians. It was just enough for me to say, I'll play the role, I'll play the part, good, yada, yada, yada. Um, yes, Jesus is my Lord and Savior. That's what I did. Wasn't a bad kid. Didn't do drugs, didn't drink or anything like that. But I just, I was in immersed in who Michael was as an athlete and wanted to do what Michael wanted to do. I had visions and goals and dreams. I wanted to make sure I, I, I got, to my, got to my dreams, right? So for me, conversations in Christ and where I'm at now in my life, I want to see people free. And a Father, by his grace and grace alone, has allowed me to travel and minister and observe and serve and witness some crazy schizophrenic stuff happening in religion and all these denominations. And Tim, a friend of mine, I talk, to him, I talk about him on my podcast. He, my elder brother, he would always say 10 years ago, back in 2012 in Morocco, when he would come when I was stationed in Morocco for a season to help leadership there. He would always say, Michael, you're blessed because you didn't come through religion. You don't have the junk of stripping off all of that religious junk. And I didn't get it. I, I'm like, I don't understand why people are drawn to this. I was so confused when I was living in religion and, and trying to be something for someone else because, hey, you know, Michael's coming with us to church and, you know, he's a football dude and, you know, he's going to, he's going to go to San Diego State and he's, and he's, got, he's got potential to play in the, in the NFL and blah, blah, blah. And uh, I'm like, man, I really don't want to be around these people. It sounds fishy. It sounded fake. I'm just giving you my real deal. Conversations in Christ. But where I'm at now, looking back to all those 
kingdom markers. I want to see and I desire to see people delivered and liberated, living and walking in freedom. And saying all that to say, I don't know where you're at, but I do know that when you are saved and then you are transferred into the kingdom, you are baptized by the Holy Spirit, born again. You are experiencing, you are encountering this rebirth spiritually. And for me, I'm, I'm literally ruined for anything less than Father's kingdom. I kid you not. Now, I can dance with the best of them in theology, you know, have my doctor, blah, blah, blah. Um, being a founder of our churches, um, ministry, my wife works with me. Um, and so I get that. But to be free, and I did not experience this until 2020. I think right before the surgery. No, it was after the surgery. I wish, I wish Jill was up. But I didn't get to feel true freedom. I remember we were getting ready to go in on our um, live stream. And we did this live stream on Tuesday nights. I was going to get ready. I was calling Tim. And you know, we would have a conversation about the show and how we're both feeling. And we, Tim and I would talk almost every day for like hours on end. It's just the ridiculous amount of hours that we put in about the kingdom and studying and fellowship about the kingdom. And just being brothers at arms in the kingdom. And the amount of hours that we have put in, you can't put money on that kingdom theology that we went in from 2012 up until this last year. But it wasn't like 2020 um, when I truly felt free. Something manifested the Holy Spirit manifested I mean Tim was having a lengthy teaching on freedom and what is it like to be free and he was in the middle of his conversation because we were doing conversations in Christ and doing conversation in Christ is this it's talking about your life through Jesus Christ not having to have uh, scripture scripture conversation scripture scripture conversation and the testimony of the scripture, but the testimony is bearing the witness of being a follower after Jesus Christ. And he was sharing on the live stream that we did on Tuesday nights, and we would run for about three hours, give it some change. And it was the middle of his conversation that I began to just like, got weirded out spiritually, like a little child, and begin to experience spiritual freedom. And from that January moment of that conversation in Christ on that live stream, it was like light switches went off. And I'm like, dude, I'm free. And Tim was like laughing at me. He's like, I know you're free. I've been with you. You've been free. And strange things happen when you and I are together. I know you're free. I said, no, you don't understand. I am free. That me being the founder to the church, I'm I'm not... You know, that's Jesus' church. The ministry is Jesus' ministry. The life coaching is, is, is his. The, the, the school is his. It's all his. You know, we did a practice um, three years prior to 2020. And four years, actually in 20, 2015, when we lived out in the country. And I was riding on, I, I cycle a lot. 
So I was on the bike. Tim would talk to me even on the bike. Jill would call me on the bike. So I'd have conversations on the bike when I'm riding out there in the country. Putting some miles in. Tim calls me and he says what? He says this. Hey, what you doing? I'm like, I'm riding. And so I, I can hear the wind. Get off your bike. I said, okay, what's going on? And when Tim calls, my ears pick up. My ears pick up, my eyes pick up. And I'm like, okay, Lord, what I do? Uh, my elder brother's calling me. And every time he calls, it's it's like it's going it's going down. There's deposits happening. Relationships are getting deeper. It's really awesome when, when Tim calls. Even when it's bad, it's awesome because I get to grow. And he's like, get off the bike. So I got off the bike. And he said, sacrifice. He said, what? He said, the Lord told, told, told me to tell you, you need to sacrifice the church, sacrifice it all. Sacrifice the ministry, sacrifice everything you're doing in, in his kingdom. And when we did that sacrifice, when I gave the very assignments and the mandates that he gave to me back to him, such a liberation came over me. I was not under the assignment. I was involved in the assignment for the first time. I wasn't no longer micromanaging our ministers, um, no longer having to have every hand on every thought, every uh, every decision regarding the churches, regarding the ministry, regarding even the work here locally that we were doing. There was such as this liberation. And it brought me to Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 38. And uh, when I realized this this sense spiritually and naturally back in 2020 in January on conversations in Christ because we would have a conversation through our fellowship in Christ as followers of the way. And so we just developed and increased in the fellowship because we realized just like when Jesus was walking after he came back, he walked for 40 days and the two gentlemen are walking and having a conversation about his crucifixion and they're like, we no longer have a savior on this earth. And he just appears and he's walking with them. And they're having a conversation together through Jesus. And he's even involved in the conversation. And he's telling them, I'm here with you. Showing them, I'm here with you. And so the cool part for me was simply this. The justified are led by faith. The righteous are led by faith. And this is Hebrews chapter 10, 38. But my righteous one shall live by faith. And when you truly understand how to live by faith, cooperating with the Holy Spirit is the enabler, is the spirit of grace that is a manifesting in all of us. When this testimony is given to us in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 38, but my righteous one shall live by faith. But check this out. And if my righteous one shrinks back, my soul is not well pleased with him. That makes you swallow hard. That father's soul is not well pleased with my righteous one who shrinks back from living by faith. Faith in Christ Jesus and the Holy Spirit who's going to lead you and guide you into all truth and you understand the purposes and functionality and responsibilities of the Holy Spirit. This is phenomenal when you get this. When you get this, it becomes phenomenal. It becomes impactful. It ruins you for anything less than the kingdom of heaven. It's Michael right here inside of Night Moves HDQ. I want you to switch over with me to the podcast. And we might talk about this some more, Conversations in Christ, real soon. But join me tomorrow night for relaxation and inspiration on our weekly Friday night show.
So when I began to study this and spend a lot of time with the Holy Spirit on this, because see me, when I came back from Nepal, because I had to go to Nepal so that I can like really seek are all of these things happening in my life, are they for real? Are you really calling me to serve you and your kingdom? And how do I serve you and your kingdom when I never mm-hmm. grew up in your kingdom and I was struggling with Christianity and I didn't have this and I didn't have that? What, Lord, what am I supposed to do? And when I was in Nepal, the amazing moments in my life for those four monumental days Actually, three days because I was traveling. Four days. Three days that I was was there. And I was like just meandering. Not crazy meandering, but just kind of like just pondering life. Because I remember being in the bedroom like, I can't believe I've been called. I I don't understand what's going on. I need to go somewhere. So I I literally took a dart on my map in my bedroom and and threw the dart. I said, wherever the dart is, I'm going to go. Because I just need to spend time alone. And I like to be alone. I like my time alone because I get to be introspective Um, I get to just ponder about my life and coming through decades of depression and suicide ideology and the the, uh, many abuses and even the sexual abuses that I came through came through a keyword Jesus sustained me my heavenly father sustained me I never understood it I can even talk to you about being in the middle of the roadway on South Rockford at my grandmother's house when I came back from California and just wishing that a vehicle would just run me over and there'd be no vehicle on the street. And all of these spiritual moments that I was being undone naturally in my state of mind and my mindset because I could not cope with life and what I was going through and so father had me and so I came across this in my studies and when I came across Hebrews 10 38 I was like whoa but my righteous one will live by my faith and if my righteous one shrinks back my soul is not well pleased with them I was like whoa you got a soul and so I'm giving you just a little bit of the journey because it's, it's kind of crazy cool when I look back at all these years from 2007 until now and then going back to 1984 and I'm like, whoa, wait a minute. You mean to tell me that when Chris and I were on the plane, Chris is my younger brother, and we were on a holiday, family holiday, because we would take family holidays um, every year. We would, you know, get to leave school middle school, grade school, and just go on vacations because that's what our our parents did. They wanted us to be able to um, be multicultural and be able to take in this planet, especially the United States. So we would just take vacations to the East Coast, to the the Gulf, um, out, out to the West. And so one of the adventures, I call them adventures, we were on a plane. And I'm not sure if Chris will remember this, but it was him and I were sitting on the seat. He was uh, on the inside. I was on the window. We were over on the wing seat. 
and it was a night flight. Uh, we were heading to California. I do remember we were heading to California because we got, we got to go to Disneyland one year, Disney World the next year. We would switch up every other year, Disneyland, Disney World, Disneyland, Disney World. So that was, that was kind of the pattern for us on our holidays. So we would just kind of get away. Parents worked hard. They were very strict. And so that, that was kind of our, our, our growing up. And I remember being in the clouds uh, on the night trip. And there was a little bit of turbulence. And you, you feel the, 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 the plane. You actually feel the plane shift and jump and, and, and do what it does when... Uh, the winds are, are pulling and forces are, and gravity are pulling. And I looked out at the wing and I remember seeing this gold cane on the wing. I looked at Chris and I said, look, look, this, look at this, look at this. And it was like this gold cane was with us. And when we seen that gold cane, it was like the turbulence stopped. And I could not keep my eyes off of the, the gold cane. Now, a nighttime flight, you have your, your windows down so most people are sleeping. I'm looking out the window. When I'm traveling, I'm looking out the window. I want to see what is out there. I want to see the earth. I want to see creation. I want to see nature. I want to see all of it. I'm traveling. I do it to this day. And so that was another marker for me. And I go back to Hebrews 10, 38. And I would always ask the question, and I even remember when I was going through the pains of suicide ideology and the many failed attempts and even the egregious one when I actually went into the garage and put myself on the noose and for seven days, five days, I'm I'm sorry, five days, no one knew where I was at. And on the 20th of January, they broke into my apartment and um, my former sergeant, my lieutenant, um, my mother and my cousins and the ex-wife, they actually found me in the garage hanging. That was its own deal. Um, that night, I experienced my another kingdom moment. The angels taking me out of my body, and I'm watching them work on my body because I was not no longer in my body. Cutting my coat up, um, my cap laid, everything, my face was broke. Um, I mean, blood blood vessels were, were, were boom, burst, and I was not doing well. I remember them going to work on my chest and then rushing me off to the hospital. I remember hearing the screams because I was watching, having an out-of-body experience while this was happening. At that time, I was realizing God, is, God has me. Didn't understand it, but I just knew that God has me. Back to this conversation in Christ. My kingdom arrest that happened, being arrested by the kingdom of heaven, the angels being using, utilizing this elder at the Assemblies of God Church on the east side of Rockford. Back then it was called Rockford First Assembly. It's gone through a couple of name changes since then. Pleasant Church, you know, because of who I was and who I wanted to become as a professional athlete, I got to fit in with the inner circle of the, the church. And so some of the other larger college guys would take me under the wing and I, I just got to hang out with folks. So pleasant church, pleasant experience. And all at that moment when I was arrested by the kingdom, and I called that my being arrested, I, I, that's when I surrendered and submitted. I, I, I gave up. I was no longer running. I was the worst Paul that could ever be because I was caught. And so for me, when I was arrested by the kingdom of heaven, I, I literally in a nanosecond knew 
I was done running. I was being liberated. And salvation was now transferring into becoming baptized by the Holy Spirit and being born again. So this switch of now learning how to be one who lived by faith was a journey that I accepted. I didn't understand the call to ministry. And I've shared this before. This is kind of cool. I shared this before on the podcast that I didn't know I didn't know that my great uncle on my dad's side on the Thomas side of the family his bishopric was from northern Illinois to Memphis, Tennessee I didn't know I only knew that on my father's side they were singers and that my grandfather was strict a short man who I looked like um but he was strict, but they grew up in the church. But my dad did not raise us, me and Chris, because it was, I'm born in 72, he's born in 73. And then Jeffrey came in 85. But Chris and I were never, we never grew up in the church. And for the, the life of me, I never understood why we never grew up in the church. And my 11 uncles and aunts grew up in the church. They lived in the church. They, they, they grew up in a Church of God in Christ church, but we were like, no, this is going to bypass you. But my great uncle, I never knew. I didn't know the side of the family because we were kept from the side of the family. We were protected, Chris and I, because we were uh, in sports. We were athletes um, and dealing with some dynamic house situations of types and forms of abuse and so we lived on the northeast side of the community so you know you have uh our colored family with a whole bunch of white families (laughs) so that was that's how i grew up you know and this whole deal looking back at my life conversations in christ and how you can live and be free see like this mission for me is to by sharing a little bit of my testimonies can enable you to take off the shackles when you have been saved and born again see there are things that we must do it's it's hebrews uh 12 and 1 right it's time for you to, to be free and how do you live free well you simply have responsibility in the Father's kingdom. Let me let me share this with you in Hebrews 12.1. This is written by the Holy Spirit um, to the Hebrew side of the bloodline. The book of Hebrews is written to the Hebrews. That's why they call it the book of Hebrews. Therefore, since we also have such a great cloud of witness surrounding us, putting aside every burden and the sin, putting aside every weight, and the sin, the burden, and the sin that so easily ensnares us, let us run with patient endurance the race that has been set before us and fixing our eyes on Jesus, who is the originator and the perfecter, which is the mature of our faith. 
Jesus being the joy that was set before the who for the joy that was set before Christ Jesus endured the cross, disregarding shame, and so on and so forth. Your responsibility is to lay aside, set down every burden and the sin that so easily wants to ensnare you, trap you. Your responsibility is to lay it, lay it down. So like, see you, these right here, they're in my hand. If this was the burden, now according to the, the scripture, the testimonies that I just shared with you, it says to lay the burden down. So what I practice for me was how to lay the burden down. It was my responsibility. That's what is written in Hebrews 12.1. So we have a responsibility in this life of salvation and born again and that is to put down the weight the burden and also uh, Matthew 11 and verse 28 Jesus even tells us come to me all of you who are overworked and heavy burdened come to me all of you who are overworked and heavy burdened and I will give you rest see if you want to live free you have to abide in Jesus if you want to live free, you abide in his words. If you want to live free, you have to abide in his love. You have to allow the, the bearing of the fruit of the Holy Spirit, Galatians 5 and 22 and 5 and 23. You have to put on display the fruit. But what I think is happening, what I believe is happening, I don't want to think, what I believe is happening from our Father, allowing me to travel and meet with so many people throughout the years. And mind you, I'm like literally nobody. But he has made me somebody to talk to, if not one body, because he is awesome. And I have got to observe people not taking the responsibility of doing exactly what the scripture says to do as it relates to you. See, I chose when I was arrested by the kingdom, I surrendered and I submitted and I've talked about this over and over before. New on the podcast side, but I have, for those of you who are, who know me, I, I share this in our ministries. I share this when I'm teaching. I share this when he has me to travel to other uh, regions and, and share the kingdom. The responsibility of you setting down setting aside, laying down. This is your responsibility. See, when you're saved and born again, you have responsibilities in Father's kingdom. There's statutes, protocols, and ordinances in Father's kingdom. You can't get around it. You can't get by it. You can't live without it. You, you're, we come under the authority of Father's heavenly kingdom. And so I look back at my life 50 years on this earth and the, all the experiences all the testimonies all the failures all the missteps and through those failures and missteps the justified the righteous are led by faith and if they shrink back even father's soul finds no pleasure 
And I would always question, what is keeping me here? Who is keeping me here? Then I realized in 07, Father has always kept me. So my grandmother must have, in her wisdom, me being the eldest, and in the scriptures in the Old Covenant, the eldest are the Lord's. My, my grandmother had to have dedicated me to my Heavenly Father. I'm going to, only going to say that because of those intimate conversations and my parents being young. My parents are 17 years, 18 years older than me. And they're still living. And so when I'm out with my parents, everyone thinks my mom is my sister. Um, and up until recently, me being junior, many people in my community didn't know I was even existing. Because <laughs> they knew about Chris, they know about Jeffrey, but my parents never talked about me. So I, I literally had that black sheep syndrome going because I was not doing, I was not a part of the family. So I, mean, I can talk about some things here. But this conversation on this episode, we have been having, and I have been living out with Apostle Tim, with Jill, with those that we used to have on the live streams years ago. And this is something that has been a mainstay in my life, having a conversation in Christ, through Christ. Not having a conversation talking about Jesus, but the conversation living as a witness and living, applying ourselves to the words of Jesus as a new covenant born again believer who has been trained and learning day and night with lapses, mind you, how to cooperate with the Holy Spirit. And it goes back to the Holy Spirit. How do you want to live free? How can you live free? How can you live without bondages? And there are many types of bondages, forms of bondages that Christians are living in and believers are still living in. And you just have to choose the better way. See, we can make this complicated, but the kingdom in all its complexities is very simple. Spiritual obedience and righteousness, surrender and submit, and daily maybe collaborate, but more so cooperate with the Holy Spirit who is in our hearts, possessing our hearts, cooperate with the Holy Spirit to learn about this kingdom that we are supposed to walk out, that we have been given back dominion, and also we get to help in the administration of Father's government. This is what was upon Jesus' shoulders in Isaiah 9, 6, and 7. So this, this little conversation that we're having, it goes back to what I have been learning since 07. That I really want to see the people of God free. Now, there'll be some shows that I'm going to be going all in on religion and denominations. Remember, I can dance with the best of them. But at the end of the day, 
Hebrews 12.1 has to come in. At the end of the day, I love this scripture right here. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and 7. For we live by faith, not by sight. So we are confident and prefer rather to be absent from the body and to be home with the Lord. Hebrews, uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 7. For we live by faith and not by sight. The just of the righteous are led by faith. So I have learned to just apply myself to the words and the testimonies of the scriptures. And you can do the same too. And so the complex deal for you is what choice are you going to make? That's how much complex this is. What choice are you going to make? And when will you make that choice? Because it's not a bad choice when you choose to be a follower of the way, daily doing your best to cooperate with the Holy Spirit. And when you understand His function and His purpose and His responsibilities for you, you win. I mean, you already won because you've been saved and you've been baptized by the Holy Spirit. But maybe I said it the wrong way. You have an advantage. Jesus says you have an advantage that the comforter, the advocate, the parakletos would come into your heart. You have an advantage. And that's that's the deal right there. Many don't believe that they have an advantage. And so I begin to believe that I have an advantage. Even when people say, well, you're no better than the world. Well, Jesus said, you have an advantage over the world. The advantage is the Holy Spirit. And I just choose to believe as I apply myself to the Holy Spirit that I can live in Father's advantage. Now, that tells me that I have an advantage because of the Holy Spirit if I apply myself, if I choose to apply myself day in and day out to the Holy Spirit. So you must learn the better way how to die to your carnal state of mind and your carnal mindset die to self die to your soul and that is reducing yourself see all these conversations through Christ as a witness has enabled me to share with you how you can live free out of bondage why carry a 400 pound weight around with you with you excuse me why carry it because you have strength in the beginning but after some duration of time that weight becomes heavier and heavier and can ultimately destroy you because weight is heavy and with all the forces involved and so Hebrews 12.1, your responsibility is to lay aside the burden. You can connect Matthew 11, 28 and 29 with that. Jesus says, come to me, all of you who are overworked and heavy burdened, and I will give you rest. But if you never come to him with your overworked body, overworked state of mind and mindset, and your burden, they'll never find rest. And part of our goal as sons and daughters is to work to enter into Father's rest. See, our Heavenly Father is in the station of rest. He's in a position of rest. He's been most active in His place of rest 
and he's still administrating he still has authority his power is manifesting from his rest what would happen if our Heavenly Father came out of rest whoa this would be a wrap for any other foolishness happening on earth but see that it's the spirit of grace and the spirit of mercy he is gosh ever patient and ever willing and he's waiting for you to lay the burden down lay the sin down that's it's right there in the scripture Hebrews 12 1 let me go back there and what I didn't get to mention this but I'm actually losing using Logos Bible software and if you're listening to the show I want you to message this show and if you're a first-time user of Logos Bible software, I want you to, to get your hands on Logos Bible Software 9. You can get my discount. You pay nothing more, but because I use this when I'm studying, um, I, I've been using it for over 11 years now, and it's been nothing but an added benefit for me to unpack and unearth education out of information, about the many translations of the scriptures. I have an awesome library. Um, you have commentary. You have the Barnes Notes on the Old School and New Testaments. Um, Schofield Bible Reference. Um, I have Geneva Notes. But you can actually build your, your library utilizing Logos Bible Software. So I want you to get your hands on Logos Bible Software. Inbox a show. And I'll get you the link. This month you can get... I believe it's 50% off on the link using my 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 link right here and that's for you first-time users you can get a discount on Logos Bible software I'm encouraging you to get Logos Bible software it will help you grow as a student of the kingdom a student of the a follower of the way and a disciple see we're here to be disciples and to disciple others and this is one program that can help you learn as much as you want to learn like a big university in front of you that's local bible software inbox the show if you're watching this right now on the night moods channel you can click the link and also make your purchase there it's time for you to live free it's up to you it is your choice and there are things that you must do you don't, you do not any, you, you no longer have to make this work of living in faith hard because he says, my righteous shall live by faith. Your spiritual senses, your cooperation to the Holy Spirit as he lives in you and manifests through you. And you having relationship by faith to your Heavenly Father, giving you accessibility and proximity because you have been saved and redeemed by Jesus Christ. He's the gate. Now, one other thing I wanted to share with you here as we close off. And if there's something that you have, what's the best word I'm looking for? Something I said that has turned on lights for you, I want you right now to subscribe. Send me a message and say, that did it. What you said right there or, or back there, what you said, that turned the light bulbs on for me. Because again, it goes back to 
this passion of mine is to see you living free in this earth no matter what is happening in your peripheral vision in front of you because the righteous shall live by faith right no matter what is happening 2 Corinthians 5 and 7 for we live by faith not by sight when you understand the letters that Paul wrote to the church in Corinth because they were asking questions he was answering the questions and in one of the questions the question of faith came up how do we live by faith when Jesus is no longer on this earth and he was saying for we live by faith and not by sight they were being persecuted and Rome had a stronghold on the followers of the way the Pharisees and the Sadducees detested the followers of the way and in here I picked this out because I want you to understand you can live free if you choose to do so true story see in my journey I just chose to ask questions along the journey and I still ask questions in the journey for instance I will ask questions of the spirit of wisdom because I study and understand what she has to say in Proverbs chapter 8 and when it comes to serving the body at large I must ask the Holy Spirit to lead and guide me I must ask my Heavenly Father what 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 do I say and how do I say it do I do I am I honoring you with what I'm doing with what I'm saying the, call me weirdo but this is what I do he has placed this in me to do this and I know I'm not the only one because many before me have paved the way and I am choosing to walk in the way that they've paved not making living in this kingdom any more complex or challenging than it really is because he brings it breaks it down to simplicity the justified shall live by faith for we live by faith not by sight and if you have a stress and a burden come to me and I'll give you rest it begins with you this walk that you are deciding to to partake in because you have to decide you have a choice you can choose not to and walk away from it and heaven forbid that you do that don't do that but I'm here to share with you continuing the walk be practical in your living and then just be spiritually obedient if he says in 12 1 of Hebrews lay aside your burden then take your burden in your hand and drop it and don't pick it up and keep moving and lay aside the sin that so easily wants to entrap you you're supposed to lay it down you're not supposed to play with it and allow temptation to overtake you you're supposed to lay this down challenge I'm gonna start doing some challenges I want to challenge you if you accept the challenge seven days seven is a number of complete completion I am believing that if you take the challenge of doing exactly what Hebrews 12 1 says Hebrews 10 38 says 2nd Corinthians 5 and 7 says and more importantly because it always goes back to the Gospels Jesus said go out and share my Gospels right so I got to take you back to the Gospels Matthew 11 28 and 29 
And I got more scriptures I want to share with you that's going to help you live free and not in bondage of religion and not in bondage of any denomination. It's really simple. Cooperate with the Holy Spirit. But if you want to get some of the scriptures, inbox me. Say, hey, I want to get the scriptures. I was listening to the show on how to live free from bondage. And I'll make sure you get the scriptures. Put in a subject, I listen to the show, how to live free from bondage. And I'm, I need the scriptures to help me out so that I can study the scriptures and study them for myself and apply myself to them. Remember, with everything you hear, especially here on Night Moods, test all things, prove all things, hold fast to what is true, ask questions. You should be asking questions of your servants who are serving you. Testing, judging. It's okay to judge by questioning. If you don't ask questions, then how do you know you're being led and served appropriately according to the scriptures? So ask questions. The challenge, seven-day challenge for you to apply yourself to Hebrews 12.1, Hebrews 10.38, Matthew 11.28 and 29. And lastly, John chapter 16 7 through 14. You have responsibility in this life. It's not to sit back with your, your card, your salvation card. Jesus said in John chapter 17, Father, keep them in this world. Don't take them out of this world because they still have work to do. So you got work to do. And you get to apply yourself to the work. So I want to encourage you. I want to use this show, this episode, to build you up, give you the tools that's going to help you live free and out of bondage when you have become baptized by the Holy Spirit because he saved you he redeemed you he took you out of the kingdom of darkness saved you from the kingdom of darkness and transferred you into a better kingdom you just got to believe it and apply yourself in it there's a lot going on in the show like share subscribe and I want to see you and check the download for the next the next the next very next episode check the download got some very interesting subject matter conversation in Christ ongoing until then have a good night